Please join me in our prayer for illumination. Gracious God, give us humble, teachable, and obedient hearts that we may receive what you have revealed and do what you have commanded. Amen. Good morning. A scripture reading today comes from the New Testament, uh, Luke 5, 1 through 11. It's found on your, in your pew Bibles on page 1597. This is the word of God. One day as Jesus was standing at the lake of Genesaret with the people crowding around him and listening to the word of God, he saw at the water's edge two boats left there by a fisherman who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little, put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we we worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knee, knees and said, Go away from me, Lord, I am a sinful man. For he and all his compa companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. So they pulled their boats up on shore and left everything and followed him. All right. Uh like to have some children come forward. The kids know how to hand, you know. Hold on, we got a few others coming. So we have a new little girl, and guess what her name is? What? What's your name? Emily. So we have two Emilys up here. This is yeah. nice. Come on, Dan. So I had this all rigged for the twins today, and now they're in the, <laughs> so, but it's good. So we have two other little ones. So how are you? Good. Good week? So has anybody here gone fishing ever? Okay, what did you use for, to go fishing? A Barbie fishing pole. A Barbie fishing pole, what did you use? Um, the normal, like, fishing. And what did you put on it? Bait. A fake worm. A fake worm. Okay, so this story today is a... You went fishing? What did you use? I did the same thing with Brandon. Oh, you, did you ever catch a fish? I, I, I had one and I dropped it. You dropped it? It's okay. They're fine. So today we're going to tell a story about Simon Peter. He was in a boat, and he didn't use a fishing pole. Guess what he had to use? A fishing net. A fishing net. Did you have this story in Sunday school today? Yes. Yes, okay. 
You yeah. like acted it out. You acted it out. That's wonderful. So you're going to get a repeat of the story, which is good, because we did it in our Sunday school class, too. So Simon Peter, he was out all day and all night fishing, and he got nothing. He caught nothing. And then he came back in, and Jesus told him to go back out and drop his nets. And he was like, are you really kidding me? Why do I have to go out there again and try and catch fish? Right? So do you think he listened? He listened. So here, hold this. Okay. Simon Peter, and this is what I was going to use on the twins. <laughs> we, we, we were going to we were going to corral them. So Simon Peter, you guys are going to pretend to be fish. Get all together. Get out of the way, Kristen. <laughs> so Simon Peter put his net out, and he said, "Okay, I'm going to catch fish." And he brought his net up, and all he did was he caught. Thousands and thousands and thousands, and he had to bring another boat in to catch the rest of them, okay, and bring them all in. And when they came back in, Jesus said to him, now you have to come and follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. So what does that mean? Do you know? Well, that, that could be one, but fishers of men means you're going to go out and you're going to tell everybody about Jesus Christ, and you're going to be a disciple people to the lake and try so, to the, so they can get the fish. Well, you're going to lead them, but you're going to lead them to know Jesus Christ. So now I'm going to be a disciple for Jesus, and I'm going to make you guys my men that I'm going to catch. Ready? Oh, yeah, guys, ready? Get in. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, well, I caught three, but I'm sure the other two are good, too. Let's fold our hands and pray, okay? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for Simon Peter and his faith in the first disciples that we had. Please let us all go out and leave this place and tell everybody about Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Wendy. Thank you, young friends. Kids are a tough catch in that, even with the net, right? Let us pray together. Lord, we ask that you would speak to us through that account of uh, Luke. It was amazing being there that day and to try to understand more that message of what it means to be fishers of people, fishers of men, women, boys, and girls. We ask this in your name. Amen. We each have stories, right? A lot of different happenings, uh, many, many stories in our lives. I'm thinking of particular milestones in life. It could be graduation from school, different levels, trade school, a new job, sporting event where maybe you're participating or watching. Could be a birth or adoption, a memorable vacation, or witnessing the beauty of God's creation and grandeur, a success of some type. Think about some of those memorable experiences. There's also some difficult ones too. Could be the death of a loved one, 
a failure. But consider that just for a moment. How about those related directly to our faith? Not that God isn't in those situations too. Confirmation, baptism, ordination, installation, as a deacon, elder, or minister, teaching Sunday school, making a visit to someone in the hospital, Habitat for Humanity, volunteering there, seeing God's hand and handiwork in the present moment. What are some of those? I was going to walk down there with, what are some of those things that come to mind? Some of those happenings that occur in your life, have occurred in your life, that you'd be willing to express, that you really sense God's presence and power in a very special, profound way. Don't all talk at the same time. What are some of those? I know, think about that. Okay, birth of a child, I hear that. I heard, okay, going to have to call him out. I don't have the mic there. Wendy, was that you? Okay. How about some others? Beauty of the National Parks. Seeing God's grandeur and majesty. How about some others? Just visiting family. Seeing God's presence. You know, I, I'd like you to think more about that. I'm not going to put you on the spot as I did right now, but, but think about those, those special milestones that come to mind. Uh, I remember my ordination. It happened 31 years ago, and I was mentioning this to uh, those in the consistory room right before. Sunday night, January 26, 1986 my ordination. It was also Super Bowl Sunday, believe it or not. And uh, I was on the West Coast, and the Chicago Bears, for the first time ever, were in the Super Bowl, and the game was still going on, and I needed to leave for my ordination service. Fortunately, they were way ahead of New England in that game, but, you know, that's a special milestone. But think about that for yourself. Specific times that God's presence was manifested and how that happened. How about in a fishing story, literally? Uh, Pete, I know you're a fisherman. I, you probably have some accounts there. But uh, you know what? Dave read a miraculous catch of fish. You know, I don't know how many fish, but it was something that the boats were ready to sink. And then uh, Peter, or Simon, really said, Lord, I'm a sinful man. But Jesus said, no, I, I've called you to be a fishers of men, fishers of people. This account in some form also happens in the two other synoptic gospels of Matthew and Mark. They're similar account, but they're a little bit different. They don't talk about the miraculous catch of fish. We don't know what these fishermen were really feeling or thinking, uh, wondering about what Jesus is telling them. It's been a tough night where they haven't caught anything. And they're getting their nets ready to just kind of prepare them to go home. And uh, then Jesus comes and asks to be put out in one of the boats, and then says, uh, you know, come on, keep fishing. Get your nets out there and throw them off to the side. And then the miraculous thing happens about the fish and Simon's response. Thomas Huxley uh, was a biologist, supporter of Darwin and his theory of evolution, agnostic uh, back in the 19th century. It said about this story that he had to leave early one morning for a speaking engagement to another place. And it was going to be a horse-drawn carriage. And he was in uh, England. And uh, it wasn't communicated to the driver where he was to go.
but he thought it was. And uh, he had a different uh, speaking engagement after this one, so he was really in a hurry to go. So he told the driver, he got out of the hotel, drive fast. So off they went. And a short while later, uh, Huxley knew about the area and thought, we're going in the opposite direction of the train station. And he asked the driver, what's going on? And he yelled to him, don't you know where you're going? Without looking back, the driver replied, no, sir, but I'm driving fast. Listen to what he said, drive fast. Don't we do that sometimes in life? We're kind of just running around and uh, kind of spinning our wheels, uh, at least for me. We're, you know, drive fast instead of slow down and listen. The body of uh, water that's mentioned is also the Sea of Galilee, which is more familiar. In Simon's response to Jesus, we've caught nothing. We are fishermen by trade and vocation. And now this carpenter, the son of a carpenter, is going to tell us what to do? But there was some history with uh, Simon and Jesus, and uh, where you know, he realized what this person is different. He is a prophet. He is a teacher. And he's more than just a carpenter. And then in Matthew, we hear these words later on, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. We are commanded to love the Lord with all our being. You know, how do we do this? First of all, we acknowledge the Lord Almighty as creator and redeemer in our life. The psalmist says, uh, we are his people, the sheep of his pasture. And we need to acknowledge that. We're in the winter season and we can't really see the internal growth that's going on for the springtime. The weather's been pretty mild out there, but... Uh, even in the dead of winter, there's growth that's happening for the springtime, new life, even when it seems beyond what we can even imagine. Dr. William Barclay uh, said in one of his commentaries, there's a sense in which the kingdom, the power of Christ, the spirit of God is always working, whether or not we see that at work. And there is in a sense which is plain and obvious to see. Many individual life is manifestly and violently changed by Christ. And at the same time, there is a silent operation of the purpose of God in the long road of history. The kingdom of God is within us, within you and me and multitudes of others. Isn't that marvelous? Isn't that wonderful? But it's also awesome and frightening. Lessons of faith that we live by. We walk by faith, not by sight. To be obedient. A friend of mine, a ministry colleague, uh, relayed this story. Uh, he, his mother told him this. Uh, he was about five years old, had a favorite hat. I don't know if you can identify this as uh, a parent, a grandparent, or aunt or uncle, but he had this favorite hat, and it was time for him to go to Sunday school. He was about five years old, and he didn't want to take off the hat. And his mother said, you know, Michael, you got to take your hat off. And I'm not looking at you. Michael, you got to take your, I'm looking at you, but it's not you, Michael. Take off your hat. No, I'm not going to take off my hat. I want to keep my hat on. So she said, well, it's more important to go to church and Sunday school. So went to Sunday school, and uh, the mother told the teacher, you know, you're going to have to deal with him and, uh, you know, about the hat. And she asked this of him. Would you take your hat off for Jesus? And he did. Would you take your hat off for Jesus? You know, do we really want to be obedient to the Lord? That story was relayed years later. He remembers the hat, taking our hats off to be obedient 
That's the first thing that we need. A prayer from St. Francis Drake uh, many centuries ago said, Disturb us, Lord, when we are too well pleased with ourselves, when dreams have come true because we dream too little, when we arrive safely because we sail too close to shore. Now, to kind of keep you awake a little bit maybe, um, need a volunteer. Okay, Emily. You got your hand up before many others did. I saw you were the only hand up in that, so okay. I'd like you to hold this up, all right? Okay, what do you see? Mike, you don't see that, but what do you see on that? Come on, get a little closer, I guess. Come on. Your eyesight is not that bad. What, what do you see on that poster? Dots, nine dots. What I'd like someone to do, maybe you've seen this before, is to connect all nine dots with four straight lines. You might want to try it out right there in the pew. Christopher, you think you got it? All right, come on up if you want. Courageous young uh, teenager, come on, uh, come on up. He's got to sketch it first. Try it, nine dots, just like Emily has up there. Connect them with four straight lines. Come on, you got pencils there. going to stay here long, I guess. Come on. Think about that. Oh. You got it? Oh. Well, okay, we'll see, but come on, uh, try it then. Oh. <laughs> oh. Okay, Kyle, come on up. All right, Kyle. Penn's College. All right, good. All right, that's, all right. Emily, if you can hold that, he's going to, Kyle's going to draw in there and connect those Great job. Hey, yeah, all right. Way to go. Thanks. Thanks, Emily. All right. Very good. All right. Besides keeping you awake, what do you think that's about? Look at the nine dots. I do this often when we go to Macaroni Grill, when Thomas was little, and when I tutor kids. Why? What, Mike? <laughs> well, he's got them all. Well, wait, wait a second. Well, he would have got there. He would have got there. So we're going to give it to him in that. It's close enough. Why? What's the significance of this? You've got to think outside the box. You know, as individuals in our lives, as church congregations, as a denomination, you've got to think outside the box. And one of the things that that means to me is of dependent upon God. We've got to depend upon Christ to kind of infill us with his spirit and guidance. And uh, also we need other people too. But most importantly, thinking outside the box you know, Simon there, oh, Lord, if you say so, we'll throw our nets over. You know, we just got them prepared to put them away, but if you say so. And how about in your life and my life? You know, when we come to that place, you know, okay, Lord, you say so. In that quiet stillness, and sometimes we're just running around, at least I am, you know, instead of listening and going outside and thinking, okay, God, what do you really want? seeing things from a different perspective than what we can. Do you think you can remember that? Yeah. Yes or no? Yeah. No? Okay, all right. Yeah, hopefully yes. But think beyond. That's what I'd like us to think. Think beyond. You know, whether it was individuals, as a church congregation, as a Sunday school class, uh, as workers, wherever we're at. 
to think beyond. Remember last week's scripture where Jesus is in the synagogue and uh, he unrolls the scroll and people are thinking, boy, this is some teacher. And uh, then later on, you know, they want to throw him off the cliff. But a carpenter's son. Jesus probably was called a carpenter too. But more than a teacher, a healer, a prophet, but the long-awaited Messiah. Obedience. Then energy, effort, and power. My wife Linda and I joined Spa 23 just recently, and it's more than just kind of the 2017. We just really wanted to feel better and uh, to kind of just get energy in a greater way. So uh, this spa has a swimming pool, it has racquetball courts, it, it, you know, it has uh, a lot of different classes that you can take. Uh, they also have a juice bar that I like to hang out at. And uh, then they had a class, and I hate to admit this, uh, it was called spinning, spinning. And you know what I originally thought spinning was? Sewing. I thought, you know, spinning wheel, I thought that's stationary bikes and that. So I, okay, that's, I'll have to admit that. But anyway, we've got on those bikes and, uh, you know, we're, you have to pedal for 30 minutes. And uh, you got a leader up there, you got music blaring, not the type of music I like necessarily, but it's blaring. And the instructor's trying to encourage you on and on and, I'm trying to look back and see the clock and how the 30 minutes is going, and I'm thinking about that juice bar. It'd be nice to hang out there, but you got to put effort. You got to put effort, just like with our faith in that, too. We got to stretch that out, stretch that out more. But it's more than just effort and energy that are important going to the gym, but we need God's grace, God's power to live and fulfill His divine calling that He has for each one of us, you and me. And like those disciples of old, we have a calling from the Lord to be his agents of love and mercy. There's a purpose for each of our lives to live it out, to realize that uh, God is at work in us and through us. You heard this before, I think. There's a clever young guy named somebody else. There's nothing this guy can't do. He is busy from morning till very late at night, just substituting for you. You're asked to do this or you're asked to do that, and what is your ready reply? Get somebody else to do that job. He'll do it much better than I. So much to do in this weary old world, so much and workers are few, and somebody else, all weary and worn, is still substituting for you. The next time you're asked to do something worthwhile, just give this reply. If somebody else can give time and support, my goodness, so can I. God using you and me, whether we're young, whether we're older, middle-aged, tall, small, whatever. Jesus was humble, willing to give his disciples rights to be obedient, to serve, and to live a greater plan and purpose beyond what they have to say. To be a Christian means to Christ within our lives. Serving God, Jesus in fulfilling his mission was exalted to the highest place. At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father, the place of faith in our lives. I was listening to a podcast uh, uh, about calling the early disciples, and uh, they were expressing about the need of faith. And uh, these were fishermen, common people, not educated people of that day, but, but people willing and obedient. And that's what God is looking for. 
That's what Christ is looking for. This past week, I uh, spoke with a longtime friend of mine. We were confirmed in the Lutheran Church many years ago, went to high school together. He's a Lutheran pastor, uh, close to where uh, Pastor Chris is right now in Minnesota. And he served congregations of 4,000, and now he's at a church with 3,000, I mean 300. And he likes it very much. And uh, we talked about how the church is really changing and how the church uh, attendance is really down in a lot of places. And, uh, and then he was talking about uh, this week, uh, he was looking at the Matthew account of uh, the calling of the disciples. And he said, uh, too often, we're, care, you know, we're caring for like an aquarium. We're keepers of the aquarium and not fishers of people. You know, think about that. Caretaking an aquarium, but not being fishers, not out there, where Jesus said, go out to the deep, go out there, go out further than what you even think. To be infused by the Spirit of the living God, His Holy Spirit directing, empowering us to look within, and that's tough to do at times. Remember the Pharisee and the tax collector in the parable, where uh, the Pharisee comes and says, Lord, here's my offering, look at me, look at what I'm doing for your kingdom. And then there's a man that comes, a tax collector, that says, can't even look up, and says, Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner. And that's what Peter is saying there, Simon is saying. But then in the encounter, we don't have Jesus forgiving his sin right there, but calling him to a greater plan and purpose. And the last point I'd like to make, after the energy effort that we need to put in obedience, is that of community, working together. I think very fitting, not only for a church congregation, but uh, you know, for people and uh, the country. Uh, really, disunity is, is great, uh, and, and people protesting. Yesterday, at least in Pompton Plains, I was heading this way, and going through town, there had to be hundreds and hundreds of people. Hundreds and hundreds of people. This is in a small township, and uh, just to get through the town. You know, many women with different rights, and, but there's men children uh, there and uh, holding up signs and uh, you know kind of there's a, a disunity you know we have a new administration which is important but there's a disunity there's a disconnect with the people with one another and I'm not saying it's easy to bring people together but there's got to be some underlying core things and values of people you know to work together to respect one another even in the differences even in our differences uh, you know, spouses and that too. Uh, Linda and I, I hate to admit, we don't always see eye to eye, even though many times I'm, well, I can't say I'm right, but uh, maybe sometimes we're both wrong in that. So, uh, but working together. Uh, a friend of mine, uh, you know, who's a pastor, retired now, said, uh, instead of committees, we should call them teams. And he said, call them teams because isn't it more fun to work on a team than it is a committee? You know, think of a committee that's kind of dry, that's kind of dead, and you know, where there's kind of working together. You got different teams that are working together for the whole, for the purpose. This is a special year of the Reformation, 500-year anniversary of the starting point of the Reformation. And there's a quotation from Martin Luther, one of the great reformers. And he said this, it really doesn't matter if Jesus rose from the dead if he isn't risen in you. I like that. It really doesn't matter if Jesus rose from the dead if he isn't risen in you. You know, we need community. We need the Lord, of course, but we need one another. However, sometimes we, we think in a limited way. We think of, uh, 
you know, just kind of within the framework of what, you saw that too, Mike, I think, Janice, maybe. But, you know, thinking outside, thinking that we need one another. One of the things I like about Spa 23 is that meeting a lot of people that I haven't met before, and many live right in the community, and they're very helpful. You know, on that cycling bike or the spinning bike, and Linda's there too, I don't know how to adjust the seat. You know, and, uh, you know, so someone there is very friendly, the instructor, very encouraging, and, uh, you know, uh, it says, at your own pace, keep at your own pace. But to be encouragers of one another. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is not just a nice event and a hope, but that of the utmost importance, the fundamental in faith, that Jesus' love was given for us for our salvation, for our forgiveness of sins, but then calls us to a great purpose, whether we're out in the secular world or in the church, to be fishers of people. That calling that Jesus makes to us as believers. We are given to be the light of the world, but we're not the light of the world. We're to be lights like that, that Jesus. Henry Nouwen, uh, before he died, wrote these words from uh, one of his devotionals, and uh, he talks about optimism and hope. Listen closely to what uh, Nouwen had wrote. Optimism and hope are radically different attitudes. Optimism is the expectation that things, the weather, human relationships, the economy, the political situation, and so on, will get better. Hope is the trust that God will fulfill God's promises to us in a way that leads us to true freedom. The optimist speaks about concrete changes in the future. The person of hope lives in the moment with the knowledge and trust that all of life is in good hands. The message of God's love and grace through Jesus Christ. We are to go out, to go away from the shore, to be obedient, dependent upon his power and his Holy Spirit, and to realize the importance of community, not only within the church body, but even beyond, and that we're to learn from Jesus. You know, those are just a few of those fishing lessons from that carpenter. There's so many others. And it's easier said than done to put those into practice. But to be obedient to the Lord, realize that energy and power comes from him no matter what you or I are facing, and also that importance of community that God has placed us as people amongst one another. Let us pray together. Lord, we may recall that uh, too often that that power that we depend upon sometimes seems to be just generated from ourselves and not from you. Really, all power and ability that we have is because of you. You are our maker, redeemer, and creator. So God, uh, do speak to us. Help us to realize your plan and purpose that go beyond uh, those nine dots. Help us to think outside. Help us to be guided by your spirit as we go forth from this place in just a little while. In your name and for your sake, amen. If you're able, please stand for our affirmation of faith of the words of the Apostles' Creed. Saying as one, I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead, 
he ascended into heaven and sits on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence shall come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Universal Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.